There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Liberating Inner Beauty Revolution Show, a platform where we get together and share valuable information, wisdom, and great tips so we can break free from vicious cycles and rediscover and welcome our true majesty or higher being. I am Lucia Gabriela, your empowering and transformational health and life host, and today I welcome you to experience the seed to your liberation. I am honored to share the sacred space and time with a beautiful goddess and mentor, Nietzsche Hirsch. And But before we hear from uh, her word of wisdom, we have a f- few announcements. The first one is that Nikki has put together an amazing gift for us. And to claim it, you will have to register at www.liberatinginnerbeauty.com where you will find a blue opt-in box. And then you have to write your name and your email and click subscribe to claim your gift. Also, I want to invite you to the, join the 28-day Liberating in the Beauty email revolution that we did it back in May and we continue to do it on the website. So with the amazing collaboration of 18 mentors, we put together a revolutionary program so you can break free from abuse, fears, guilt, and self-imprisonment and rediscover your true being and reach your goals and dreams. For this event, you will have to log in again into liberatinginnerbeauty.com. There you're going to see a purple box, and you're going to write your name, your email, and subscribe. For the next 28 days, you will receive juice recipes, superfood to detox, meditation, visualizations, and so much more. So let me just welcome Nietzsche to our sacred wisdom space and learn from her experience, passion, and wisdom. And I know that today she has an amazing story to tell, and uh, it's very um very empowering. How are you doing today, Nietzsche? I hope that I'm pronouncing your name right. It's actually Nikki, but you wouldn't be you wouldn't be the first. My grandmother still spells it incorrectly after 37 years. <laughs> so, so I don't uh, I don't take offense to that. Not a problem. I am. Thank you. I know that I don't know if it comes from Italian name, or Spanish. I mean, I, Nietzsche, Nikki. I'm you know. It's a beautiful name to begin with. But welcome thank to the you. show. And thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here today. So I want you to um, tell us um, who you are and what was your reason to be um, the mentor that you are right now. What was the part of your life where you totally discover your life purpose and the way that you're helping people now? Like, what was that story, if you can share with us? Sure. Well, I'm a birth doula, a childbirth educator, and I do nutrition response testing and nutrition support for 
families from preconception all the way through to um, typically the family with school-age children. And and I've been doing this for 15 years um, in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I, I really clearly got my start in in working with foods that can heal and transform living when I was about 16 years old. I was a freshman, no, was I a sophomore in high school? And I'll, I'll just never forget the day I knew that right before we left for school that morning, my mom and dad said, oh, by the way, you know, we might not be home when you guys get home from school. Mom's got a doctor appointment. And right away I thought, well, that is really weird because my dad never goes to the doctor with my mom and blew it off. But when I walked in our front door that afternoon, the energy stuck that I walked into <laughs> was just absolutely palpable. And I knew something was very, very wrong. <clears throat> so first of all, my mom didn't, you know, greet us at the top of the stairs. She was in bed. And apparently she had a biopsy to confirm that she had cancer. And like that was the first day of school. <laughs> and so within about but, and then a little bit of backstory. My mom was was the breadwinner, and my dad worked for a family business, and um, and I, I'm the oldest of four kids. So at the time, I was 16. I had a 14-year-old brother, a 10-year-old sister, and a 4-year-old brother. And um, within about six months of of just that sort of family crisis, if you will, I had developed an ulcer, which, of course, just mm. from the stress of of um, I was a mother hen anyway, you know, and then you add that to it, and I really took it seriously. And I was also working 30 hours a week as a nanny after school every week. And so between my dad and myself and someone at the church, we would take turns rotating, driving my mom to and from her daily radiation treatments. And I missed a ton of school. I, I just look back and think it's a wonder that I graduated. But I, I, I was also a a um, gymnast on the high school team and I'd been a gymnast for nine years and so that was something that was really important to me that was my sport you know I really loved it and and there were days all of a sudden where I couldn't get out of bed because I couldn't stand completely erect I mean I just was doubled over in abdominal pain which meant you know if I did make it to school and I did make it to practice I was benched because I just, I had no power. I had no energy. I couldn't outstretch my body and, like, put forth the strength I needed to compete in the team. So, finally, like I said, I went to the doctor and, and um, was diagnosed with an ulcer and then, of course, put on Zantac. And I remember thinking, okay, well, nobody's really paying attention to me. <laughs> and so, I... I have to just do what feels right. And the things that felt right were to start avoiding the foods that made my stomach hurt because that was almost an, you know, instant response. So, you know, being a typical high schooler, we didn't really get soda at home, but certainly if we spent time at our friend's house after school and whatnot, you know, we were drinking soda there. So I stopped drinking soda. I stopped eating red meat. I stopped eating anything with tomatoes, um, anything that was sort of spicy, you know, if you think of a kid in high school, that's like pizza and spaghetti, you know, like all the basic food groups <laughs> for a high school student. <laughs> and um, and I still just didn't feel better. But when you look back on, you know, how things happen and when things happen and that I firmly believe things happen for a reason, 
the family that I was nannying for at the time, um, they were very big into natural foods. And in fact, they shopped at a natural foods co-op and I'd never, I'd never been to one before. And I did most of their grocery shopping and I certainly did all of the grocery shopping and cooking for their three children. So during the summer, I basically had her credit card and anytime we needed to go to the store, that's the store the kids and I went to. And I was like a kid in a candy shop. You know, it's just a, it was a whole new world to me in there. And so now I had this credit card with this unlimited, you know, bounty in which to feed their children, which meant feeding myself. I mean, you know, she would say, like, oh, make sure you pick up salmon this week for the kids and lamb chops. And, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is food that I've, you know, maybe eaten, like, on a very special occasion in the past, but certainly had never purchased and, and absolutely had never prepared. So that was a really amazing opportunity for me because not only did I get this instant um, audience and, you know, panel of judges and these three small children <laughs> for preparing any of this food, but I got to try, you know, I got to try lots and lots of things, you know, so where I probably wouldn't have been introduced, honestly, to an avocado until I was, you know, like moved out of our house. I was eating a few avocados a week because I was like, what is this food? It's amazing. <laughs> And and when I look back on that, I lost about eight pounds my sophomore year. And I don't really think I needed to lose. I don't think I had that weight to lose, though it definitely, I felt leaner and I felt stronger and I felt lighter on my feet and I had more energy and I absolutely felt better. You know, little to no abdominal pain, Um and when I look back now, of course, I, I didn't really know it at the time other than, oh, wow, this is really cool and fun. I know this food is healthy and, and you know, our diets get cleaner and cleaner every year with the things that we learn. But what's absolutely transformational for me is looking back and thinking, wow, all the healthy fats and oils that I was getting at the time that I had no idea, you know, were good for me necessarily. Um, and the, the variety of of lean concentrated proteins and the variety of vegetables that I was getting that, you know, we absolutely didn't have at home. We had your garden variety tomato, your sweet corn that we grew, you know, green beans. But during the winter, a lot of our stuff was frozen and canned, which doesn't lend itself to very much variety, right? Um, Yes. So that completely set me up for, like, wow, there is a whole other world out there, which means there is an entirely new way or different way or a way out there that exists that I'm not aware of to take care of myself. And there was, having been a gymnast, you know, I was very active and, and physical and all that. But, um, you know, at home we didn't eat for that. Does that make sense? You know, it wasn't like, oh, you have an athlete's me coming up, you know, you should eat this, this, and this. Or what we actually what we did do as a team was we did the whole, like, night before carb load. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like the garlic bread and spaghetti and then waking up feeling like a beached whale. I clearly Mm. remember that, thinking like, oh, my gosh, I never felt good on the days of the meet. And I felt like it was from anxiety about getting up and performing. And when I look back, I'm thinking, well, it's because I had two plates of spaghetti at, like, 8 o'clock the night before. Yes, unfortunately, when you did... Yeah, well, unfortunately, when you go to sport, because I did cross country, like they tell you, you have to eat a lot of carbs before you, uh, if the day before the competitions, and you're like loading, loading yourself with carbs because you think that you're going to perform better. Oh, it's, it's, but it, it doesn't. 
<laughs> right. It's like a backfire. Um, yeah. It's just the wrong kind of carb. You know, I mean, it, there was so much lacking there in what we, in what we knew. And then I, I kind of fast forward to um, then my sophomore year in college where I kind of just said, you know, to heck with this university. I, I got to get out of here for a while. <laughs> I got to take a break from my brain is just fried, you know. And I drove from the University of Eugene in um, Oregon, where I was going to school, down to Netflix, California, to live with my best friend. And, you know, for the first time ever, first of all, I had to absolutely beg for a job. I mean, I was used to working as a nanny and a lifeguard and a nursing assistant and, all, you know, like doing these great things, you know, at work, at home. And I had to plead for a job sweeping the floor at a, a convenience store of a research for like $6 an hour, you know, before tax. And the beauty there was simply the beauty of the wilderness and the environment, and I just got to completely fill myself with light in a way that I'd never been um, exposed to before. And then, and then the other benefit to that is my my best friend at the time was a near-vegetarian, and she was very into healthy eating, and she knew the natural foods co-ops really well, and she knew how to prepare food, and she had gone to culinary school. And, I mean, so, like, it was really fun <laughs> to live with her. And I learned even more. So it wasn't so much about learning more about the variety of foods so much as it was learning how to prepare them in different ways, right, because there's only so many ways to eat a carrot. And, and when we grow up on kind of those conventional vegetables, like I mentioned earlier, like your carrots, your broccoli, your cauliflower, and your tomatoes, you know, it's like served at dinner with ranch dip and called your vegetable, right, mm-hmm. when there are so many ways to entice your taste buds <laughs> to enjoy these foods. And so we would hold these little dinner parties, you know. I mean, we literally each owned, like, one plate and one cup and one fork, I mean, because we didn't need to have anything else in this tiny little, you know, mountain sort of A-frame cabin we were living in. So we would have these little dinner parties where we would sit on our bikes you know, we're 21 years old or 20 years old, and deliver postcards to our friends who kind of lived in the same little, you know, Mammoth Lakes village. And, and it would say, you know, we're having a dinner party, BYOF, like bring your own fork. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I loved it because, you know, Mammoth Lakes is like this amazing melting pot of of people from like different cultures and ethnicities. And pretty soon, you know, these dishes would show up at these dinner parties. And I was just like, you know, tabbouleh, what's that? Hummus, what's that? And I completely <laughs> fell in love with food. And I'm so grateful for for that experience. And then, you know, obviously what it did for my health. Um, and then, you know, just raising, you know, our children. But then, then the work that it led me to, because I really quickly got, well, wait a second. If I'm, you know, if this was a very quick result, right, six months in from my mom being diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer, if that was the result that I was experiencing and I wasn't the person undergoing, you know, treatment for said illness, what are my other family members experiencing? And and it really had me, like, get keen to when we're at a big family function, Christmas or, you know, some sort of holiday, and everybody sits down to have a meal together, and I sit there really quietly right towards the end of the meal as people are starting to finish up. And you notice the energy of the room shifts. And instead of conversation, people are constantly sniffling and coughing and clearing their throats. And 
belching and, like, clearly having trouble digesting all the food that they've eaten. And, you know, what I know now about sensitivities, right, and food allergies, it's like, wow, okay, everybody here at the table has some, there's something wrong with the food they're eating. <laughs> and and I love, I mean, it's just, I love, I love that. So I love the education piece. And the piece that has me um, ongoingly excited is that food, though it appears as if it's never changing, it's constantly changing, right? Because there's no limit to what you can do and how you can prepare and serve foods. And that's probably one of the things that I get the biggest kicks of in serving the families I work with is helping them to, like, organize their their space, their kitchen, their life to bring in fresher, more natural foods, uh, helping them to meal plan around that. In some cases, you know, creating recipes that fit the needs of of their family, but that constant introduction and reintroduction, like, oh, you have strawberries? Okay, we'll try this, and then try this, and then try that. You know, and then you can just watch sort of the, you just watch the light bulbs go on, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. When people mm-hmm. re, um, I want to say reignite that relationship with food, it's pretty exciting. Let me ask you this. At 16 years old, you had this amazing transformation in your life where um, you had the ability to connect food with the symptoms that you're having because now that many people are fortunate to connect that, to have the wisdom and intuition that said, hey, oh, I'm feeling this way, my body's feeling this way because of food. What made you connect those dots? Well, it was it was easy. You know, it's like I would eat, and then a few minutes later, there would be pain. Okay. And so it was like, well, I can't just stop, you know, can't stop eating. So if I pay attention to what I'm eating, and like I said earlier, you know, being in high school, you don't pay attention to what you eat, or at least I wasn't at the time. Um, I was eating a ton of carbs, and I was eating a ton of meat. And, you know, knowing now what I didn't know then, which is like, you know, I can eat, a big, rare, juicy steak like nobody's business now and actually feel energized from it and feel good and not feel weighted down and heartburnish and stomach ache and queasy and, and all of that. And, and I liken that to the source of the food. You know, so my parents just did what they thought was the best, right? And that was just going down the street to the IGA or Super Value or whatever it is and buying meat and and I'm clear that that meat was full of hormones and antibiotics and, you know, not pastured and, and all of that. And so when I when I look back on the source, that in and of itself, whether that's that the mindset, you know, and the, the um, mind-body connection of just, like, your, your mind creating the reality, your thoughts creating the reality, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking, like, oh, this meat is really not healthy, you know, and then eating it and getting sick. It was, I was eating it not having any relationship to where it came from and getting sick. And and it honestly wasn't until, you know, a good, let's see, seven years later um, when I met my current husband who, at that point, I had become a near vegetarian because I thought that this meat was bad. That's what I thought. I thought meat's bad. I don't react to it well. You know, I need to cut it out of my life. And yet I grew up in a family of hunters, and so I grew up on game. And so a lot of the meat we did eat was was really clean. It's just that I I really pinpointed it to ground beef, especially when I ate ground Mm -hmm. beef. I had such a terrible 
terrible gastrointestinal response. Um, and and when my now husband, you know, when we started having more and more meals together when we first met, I thought, and then when we were living together, I thought, you know, wait a minute, if we're going to be eating this much meat, I, you know, I need to be buying this from from the co-op because at least I know, you know, that's good meat. So I started buying the meat there and eating it more and more and realizing, gosh, I don't have the same response. In fact, I feel energized. I feel good. I feel lean. I feel strong. You know, I sleep well. All these positive things. And then Mm -hmm. as we continued, you know, to grow our family and consume more and more meals together, I realized, okay, we need to go straight to the farm for this one. You know, and thankfully one of my clients, um, you know, raises pastured beef and, and poultry and turkey. and I mean, so it's so great. So we get the experience now of, which is not where I had when I was a kid, right? Like my kids get to go to the farm. They get to meet the calves. They get to name them if they want to. They know the life cycle. They know if this is going yeah. to be the milking cow or if this is going to be the beef cow. And then they sort of giggle and laugh like, like they know. They know that the little calf that they named Beef Stick is, you know, going to become a yes. beef stick. <laughs> like, but yes. there's this reverence for it. Yes, and you learn to, to connect with the animal. I feel like you learn to connect yeah. with the animal and you respect the animal at a different level and you love the animal and you the energy between human and animals is totally very cool. Uh when I went to Ecuador work with the shaman communities, like I was you know, I was expecting that they would tell me, Oh, are we vegetarians? But they eat meat. And they only the meat they only eat and like they hunt are animals that they raise the vibrations. And that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, that a lot of these gurus and mentors and, and I mean, you know, a, a spiritual mentors, they eat some kind of meat, but that, that raises vibration to their bodies because we're still human. We still, some of us, we still need some kind of protein to to function. Like, you can't just mm-hmm. go drastic and be dramatic about food itself. Like, it's just about the vibration of what the food brings into your body. Uh, it's a very, um, high, you know, from going to, um, let's, you know, it's a very, very um, difficult task to work with clients that um, to change their diet. You know, they said that change somebody's religions is faster than changing somebody's diet, and I have seen a lot <laughs> right. of that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So. What would be one of your recommendations of like because we know that it's very hard to let go of those you know those um food that we you know sometimes we crave and we want and and it's you know it takes time like I tell people that you know everybody's like, "Oh my God, you eat this, you did that, you don't eat this, and I'm like, you know it takes me so many years to wear what I am right now, and sometimes I still fall back in my life and, like, eating some, you know, some goodies here and there. But you know what? I accept it, and I just let go. And it just takes a long time to get to the point where you consciously and your whole body energy connect to the food, and you're like, hey, uh, honestly, I'm not eating that. I'm like, I don't eat meat, like red meat. I just don't eat it. I eat chicken and fish, Mm -hmm. and I'm fine with it. But, you Mm -hmm. know, it takes 
too many years to get to the point though where you constantly happily you reject that food and you say like yeah I don't want it and you're not torturing yourself to rejecting it because that's all the toxins that we bring into our life that we sometimes with the belief system that this is good this is bad you reject the food that you're craving for and you're miserable and you're toxic and you're cranky and you make everybody's life um, not pretty so mm-hmm. so what do you recommend like one or two steps for people to switch to a healthier um, healing food, going from, you know, the food that are pretty much toxic and destroying the the temple of their body and, their you know, the energy to a healthier food that they can enjoy better. What would mm-hmm. be two steps that you you recommend? That is such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I, would, I would no. It's a good, it's a good one. So you know, on one hand, there is there is the whole like people just have to change the mindset of I'm eating these foods not to be dieting, but to change my lifestyle. You know, so first there has to be like a mindset shift around it, and then even though you know, even though we have people who are say like, okay, dairy is good for you, and some say dairy is not good for you, and then some say red meat is good for you, and some say red meat is not for you, I mean, you could research until you're blue in the face about what food philosophy, theory, or plan to follow. And so I mm-hmm. think I think the, the bottom line is probably this. If people... If people tap into the foods that their bodies are sensitive to, that they are that are kind of wreaking havoc um, both internally and externally, really without they may know it or they may be privy to some of it, but they might not get how deeply a food sensitivity can go. I think if they can address the foods you know, get some food sensitivity testing done. This is different than food allergy. You know, food allergy is like a full-on immune response, and I sort of liken a food sensitivity to your body saying like, so, hey, Sarah, you know, I know you really love eating this, and, you know, I can sort of hack it, but, you know, it is kind of tough, and I'd love it if maybe you only ate it once a week instead of twice a day. Like our body saying that to us, you know, because mm-hmm. because our body does struggle, and though it seems like, quote-unquote, we can handle some of these foods we have sensitivities to, when, they're con- when our body is constantly bombarded by those foods, it makes it really hard so we get, in, you know, inflammatory responses and foggy memory and, and things like that. So I think if people can identify what their food sensitivities are and remove those foods, that would be sort of step one. And step one a would be no matter how many foods your body is sensitive to, whether it's two or six or nine, that list seems really big. But you've got to keep you've got to keep in mind that the list of foods that you can eat is about a mile long, and mm-hmm, or a few pages at least, right? So so that we we don't get caught up in this, like, hunger cycle, right, of, like, starving ourselves because we think there's nothing to eat only because our quote-unquote favorites and the things that we always turn to, which in most cases are somewhat wrapped up in convenience, are removed. So if we do that, our energy is going to jump. Um, we'll have more clarity. Our complexions will clear up. You know, we might lose a little bit of 
weight from, you know, like edema or our body holding fluid and things like that. So you're going to, like, your energy is going to feel great. And then I would say the second step would be to start looking at how to source your foods. Because right now I think we have it that we just, we go to the grocery store and that's our only option. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And I talk about this a lot in, um, I know I had shared with you, I have a, a product launch coming up at the end of September um, for an info product called the Cheap and Easy Healthy Eating System. Because like you're saying, it took me years, you know, to figure out what's good for my body and what's not and what I need to eliminate and what I choose to eat. Well, it took, you know, it's taken us the better part of nine years to really sort out the different foods that the different members of our families need and need to avoid and how to do this economically so that we can eat more. Um, we don't eat 100% organic by any means, but, but what I do, I do try to get certain things organically. And, um, but, but we're eating you know, natural and, and whole foods as a bottom line. <laughs> like That's what we do. And I found a way to do that for us as a family of four in under $500 a month and more often than not in in somewhere between 400 and $450 a month. So like I said, we're up here in Minnesota and, you know, where there's only abundant local produce for certain seasons. <laughs> and so I get that things are coming from different areas. But you source things like your meat and you source things like your raw milk and you source things like your cheese and your eggs and your produce from community-supported agriculture. And like I said, you know, it's not just driving to to the grocery store, like we live in the day and age of this thing called the internet, right? Where yes. I actually yes. do most of my non-perishable grocery shopping from home in my pajamas because I have found things like online buying clubs for whole and natural foods. Um, you know, just I've found several ways of making it matter for our family that allows me to take way less time without doing things like clipping coupons and because I grew up doing that, and I just, like, I'm over it. <laughs> I don't want to spend time doing that. And I don't want to spend time scouring the Internet for coupons I can print off there either. I just want to know, like, I know the foods that we need to purchase. I know the quantities we need to purchase them in. And like I said, it's taken me, you know, the better part of nine years to really kind of figure out the science behind how to purchase, how frequently to purchase, and where to purchase from. So sourcing your food is can take some time, but the benefits you reap from that, not only financially, like saving more money, but you become just more keenly aware to relationships and relatability and connectedness to like-minded people around you, and you end up creating relationships you totally didn't expect. And so there's like all these fun little benefits out there for becoming a little more aware of where where you're buying your food for your family. And then there's that whole energetic ripple effect of when you are purchasing foods that are not full of hormones and antibiotics and things like that, you know, everybody just feels better because of it. So it was a very long answer to your very short question. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That's awesome, awesome answer. But our time is close to an end, and before we wrap up, um, Nietzsche has prepared our gift, and uh, so you have to... Again, logging into liberatinginnerbeauty.com. Sign up in the blue box for the um, 
the guest gift that we have, like the speaker's gift. And uh, you will find the information that we're going to put for um, for her program that she's going to be running, uh, the program about uh, what to do and what food to have and, like, how to manage it and under the, you know, the, the price of what you said that for the budget of $500, the amazing program that she has going on. So you will find it on the, um, and us, you know, on the gift. So it's been a pressure, um, a very amazing pleasure to have you with us. And I really want to invite you again and talk more about um, the healing food in another episode. So I hope that you you um, you agree to that. <laughs> and, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that would be like another topic. Like it would be a very interesting topic. And so. We just have to end the show. I thank you so much today for coming and uh, showing your wisdom and, and all your passion and all your, you know, who you are to our tribe. And thank you, everyone, for taking the time and to listen to us. And let's just have an awesome, beautiful life ahead of us, okay? So thank you, Nichi. You can say bye to everyone, and I will say my bye. I love you all, and have a great, fantastic day. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. My pleasure. My honor. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Hey, folks. Dirk Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life. And I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com.